You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Chris. This is April. And I'm Tyler. And we are back with a very, very full episode for you. We've got two reviews. We've got a new streaming service. We've got a TV show. We've got a lot going on. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. As always, I want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us and interact with us. We want to hear what you guys have been watching. We want to hear what you guys think about all the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. So make sure you find us there. And while you're, while you're listening, you can also leave us a review on, on whatever your uh, streaming platform is or your podcasting platform. Just leave us a review. It helps people find the show and uh, helps more people listen to us. So if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave us a review. All right, and with that, we are going to dive in to our first topic of the night. Guys, this is Wednesday, November 13th. It is the day after Disney Plus launched. We've been waiting for this for quite some time, and there's so, so much content. So real quick, I just kind of want to go around real quick, just just in, in you know a few seconds or less. I just kind of want to hear your very brief overall thoughts on Disney Plus just as a, as a platform. And then we're going to dive into... Our thoughts on one show, kind of their their flagship show, you could say, which is Star Wars: The Mandalorian. So let's let's dive into to just Disney Plus first. Chad, what do you think of Disney Plus, kind of as a whole? I think it's a good start. I think that it warms my nostalgic heart for all of the yeah. movies that I grew up on, and I'm I'm not even necessarily talking about some of the classics like Aladdin and Little Mermaid and things like that. I'm talking old school before any of you people were born. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> Things like Bedknobs and Broomsticks and Swiss Family Robinson and, and all of those films. I think it's great. I love the fact that it has selections from Marvel and Pixar, some of the National Geographic stuff like Free Solo. It's, it's all good. I don't think that the amount of content is where it needs to be yet. Uh, yeah. But the problem hmm. is the price point is so compelling that I went ahead and paid for a year anyway. Because when you pay for a year, it's about $5.60 a month. And so that's just really hard to pass that up. Because truthfully, outside of The Mandalorian, which let's just take it that you really like that show and you're going to watch it week over week, there's only so far, in my opinion, that nostalgia can can take you. Because I already own, and I, I'm not like most people, obviously, but I already own most of the Marvel films that I want to rewatch. I already own most of the Pixar films that I want to rewatch. It's really nice having access, because I have a seven-year-old, to a lot of these films to share with him. So that's really the sweet spot. But for me personally... If I didn't have the younger son, then it would be hard for me to justify this because I don't think I'm going to spend a ton of time in this outside of hopping on to watch The Mandalorian until they uh, get more original content. But overall, I mean, I'm in day one. I'm there because the price point is just it's so good. Nice. All right, April, what do you think of Disney Plus? I am a fan. I As I was opening, well, it took a while for the app to actually download mm-hmm. because of all the millions of people getting on. Um, but once I downloaded it, oh my gosh, it was like walking down childhood memory lane. And the mm-hmm. first thing I did was brought my three-year-old in. I was like, sit down. You're watching Aladdin because huh. she had never seen it. And we went to town. Yeah, I'm a fan. I uh, 
I, I think I agree with Chad. If you don't have kids, I don't know how, it, unless you just love watching all the classics all the time, um, how much you she would actually get out of it. But the fact that you can download anything from the from Disney Plus onto up to four devices, this was made for families and road mm-hmm. trips, and I am in. I am so excited about it. Nice. And we have Chris back. Chris from his hey, what's long up? absence. Who? Who is that, hey. Chris? Chris hey, Farrell from the, the famed Geek Card Check podcast. Yes. We're so glad to have you back. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to be Good. back. Thanks for and having we're, me. We're glad to have you back. So so tell us what you what you think of Disney+. Plus. You also have two young daughters, so so yeah. what do you think? They woke up uh, yesterday morning, which was launch day, and the first words out of their mouth was, today is Disney Plus Day! They were hyped <laughs> out of their mind, and while they were at school, I down downloaded the app on all of our Apple TVs, iPads, all that stuff. Got it set up. Um, yeah, no, it is It is like the second coming up in here <laughs> in our home. They, they love all of the Disney Channel shows, which are also there. Um, my kids are 7 and 10. This is like literally the sweet spot for them. They, they love everything about it. Let's talk about nostalgia. Melody and I found a television show called Gargoyles. Do you guys remember oh, yeah. the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's on um, there. I didn't that's realize. That's on there. We've actually been watching um, like three or four episodes in, uh, last night and then tonight. So they love that show. They are all about it. And, of course, they've got all their, like I said before, all their television. It's not just movies. It's not just – it's so much stuff here that it is ridiculous. And Chad, when you say, you know, I'm not sure if the library is there, mm, yeah. that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It is nope. it is unbelievable on day one, Chad. Think about this. What did Netflix look like? What did right. Amazon what is Prime Apple look like? That's literally what I just said. Apple TV Plus, let me just, let me just With say this much. three pieces of content. It is, but it's free though, right? I mean, I, no. I bought a new for, iPhone. For, uh, it's totally I. free. Totally Not free, free to me. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Go buy an iPhone. <laughs> um, so what? I, what? All I'm saying is this: is that it is an unbelievably huge back catalog, and you've got to believe over the next six months to a year, the original content will be more than there. And of course, you know this is where Disney's going. They've got Disney Channel, obviously, doing out original content. That's you've got to believe over the next several years, those things are going to merge, and it'll all be one entity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, for me. At our house, it is a huge hit. Freaking loving it, and I can't wait to talk about the Mandalorian too. So, some really, really good stuff there. It's 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 quite amazing for a less than forty eight hour old service. Yeah. How polished and how much stuff is available there. Mm, polished well, we'll we'll get to yeah. that. But uh, yeah. super polished for me. But, I have not had a single issue. Not a oh, single wow. one. Not wow. a single I've one. had a lot. I've had a lot for sure. Yeah. I haven't got to my thoughts yet. But Tyler, you know, we've, we've this whole time we've talked about you know families and little kids. You, you don't have to kids. So what do you think uh, of Disney Plus for you? A lot of it was uh, like you guys were saying. It's the nostalgia factor, right? It's uh, there's there are there are tons of things. I I do. I think I'm in between. Um, both of you guys there's there is some stuff that is missing that i was hoping would be there and it's more of like the obscure back catalog stuff of disney that i was looking for but it's not it's not like i i am without content because i couldn't what, find wait, hey, what 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 were you I, looking for there was there was now i'm, so I'm blank. Uh, the watcher the so watcher in the woods which is an older an older kind of disney horror movie like not horror but thriller movie that i'd wanted to watch it's got betty davis in it it's one of those i've been wanting to watch for a while and i was like ooh, it'll be on here but it's not but there's a few they? things. It's it's not a it's not a 
again, I'm not without content. Uh, and I think, you know, we know that within the next year or two, we're going to have our glut of, of really good content. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like CBS All Access if it had more stuff, you know, where they eventually are rolling out more content. You know, we've got season seven of The Clone Wars coming, uh, a bunch of like one, two, three, four, five, at least five Marvel shows, six Marvel shows in the next year or so. Uh, so I think, you know, we'll eventually get um, not only not only the good back catalog, um, but the new stuff. And I'm, I'm super excited about um, about a lot of those. So anyway, I, I am in no way disappointed. We had, we did have some, um, Daniel and I downloaded it yesterday morning and had uh, like just a lot of errors, you know, that the whole 10 billion people, uh, you know, signing up at the same time. Um, there were some, there were some problems with, uh, you couldn't add some things to a queue. You couldn't access all of your stuff, but that's, that seems to be as far as I've seen ironed out for today. So, um, so yeah, maybe a, a slight bump in the start, but I, I'm super excited for, for all of the content that they're going to have. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, like Tyler was saying, I definitely did experience technical issues, and and still was today. Um, my I wife was trying say. to put on some content for her kids this morning, and got got a, an error screen. wasn't able to load anything, um, and so so she wasn't able to use it. And and we've just had a, a little bits and pieces here or there, but like not much. Uh, Worse than that, though, is if you try to get in touch with technical support, because it when I signed up, I I signed up for the bundle, but when my account activated, it didn't show the bundle. It was only Disney Plus. It didn't have ESPN mm-hmm. Plus or Hulu. And so I I was literally on hold for an hour and 45 minutes today on the phone and hung up. And then I did live chat and was at concurrent doing these at the same time. Live chat, I got to two hours and then just closed the window. So wow. uh, it's definitely hammered right now. Which, yeah, I mean, and we, we know those things are going to get get ironed out like we we know that so um that doesn't necessarily hamper it's just a little bit of a bump in the road but as far as my thoughts on disney plus uh i I agree with with what all of you guys have said it's it's exciting uh there's 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 a lot of freaking content and so i I think it's amazing i do i definitely feel that this is more geared to families obviously i mean it's disney um and so for me i'm you know, I've got one-year-old boys at home, and so this is kind of great because they're just now kind of starting to watch things here or there. And so we put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse for them yesterday, and we're watching. You know, they were loving that. So they're going to kind of grow into this thing, and I uh, they're going to grow into it for at least the next three years because I did the the, the early bundle that they had for <laughs> D twenty three. So yeah, uh, I I got the I got three years for the price of two years basically. So um so I'm in for the long haul um at least. I think that this that the content will get there like we've talked about. I think they have so many shows that they've announced that are really exciting. Um, and I think I think they're going to keep adding and keep adding. It's going to be really great. Uh, really great for families. Really great back catalog, of, back catalog of stuff that we know we love. And so they have some organization issues. You know, some of it's not laid out super well. Super well and I, you, could, you could tell that that was just like, you know, kind of launch day issues. Like when you clicked on, so they have the the different categories up top, like Disney and Star Wars. And when you click on Disney, it only had like ten movies listed under it. And I was like, okay, well, I know there's a lot more than ten of these movies on there. So I figured that that was a glitch. So so things like that were the only thing that stood in the way. I watched quite a few of the original things yesterday. I watched Noel, the Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader Christmas movie that was decently entertaining. Uh, I watched. 
first episode of the Imagineering story, the the docu series. Yeah, it, it was it was it was good, you know. So so they have they have content on there that is that is worthwhile for any anybody who loves Disney. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely excited, um, especially in light of like we were saying the the launching so close to Apple TV Plus, which literally their entire catalog is four shows. That's that's it that are doled out weekly. So they have. Four episodes of TV right now, I think. Maybe three or maybe maybe a couple more than that. Hang on, though. For I, more I'd expensive. Love, I, I'd love to be an apologist for Apple TV for just a moment, but I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll mm. have you watched any of the shows at all, Daniel? No, I have not wanted to pay the $10 a month, which is more expensive than Disney. Or isn't it? Isn't it $10? Isn't it, how much no. is it? No, I think it's four ninety nine. I believe. Uh, I think it's right. the same price as... I believe it is. Uh, I'd have to look it up because I'm getting it for free. Yeah, I think it's the same price as Arcade. Um, I think it's four ninety nine. C alone, if you're a fan of fantasy, C is incredible. I need um, to watch it. I really? So, it's been yes. getting hammered and reviews. Yeah, it really has. It's it's they're wrong, is all I can say. <laughs> Melody and I it doesn't absolutely adore. It doesn't look good to me. I, I said that when the oh. trailer came out when we talked about it. But don't forget, Chris, he says that about Star Trek Discovery and Picard, so and Terminator, Exactly. So. so yeah, so that's why I'm not paying for it. That's the thing though. You you compare the back catalogs, it's not even it's not even close. And that is not awesome. trying to be the same thing. Oh though. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I'm not totally I, uh, totally, but, but what I'm saying is very bad comparison. But go ahead, continue. Well, it's not when you say their prices are the exact same, and and one has four episodes of TV on it right Daniel, now. Daniel, the prices are not the same. I'm getting Apple TV for free. It, it's I, costing me you nothing. Paid $1, great dollars. Yeah, you. Yeah, great. I'm I not. Have, excuse so, me. Which I, what I have done anyway. It's a value <laughs> add for me and for you. You've just made a poor choice about whatever phone you're walking. around. <laughs> no, I'm walking around with an iPhone 10. So. <laughs> That's like I'm. I've got the same Apple products you do, but or just not not the newest ones. So the thing is, like Daniel, great. this is why we don't allow him this on is, the podcast anymore. He's turned <laughs> trying to compare, a, a trying, trying to say they aren't the same thing when they're literally Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus. They release two weeks apart. They're they're about the same price. Apple Apple is is four ninety nine a month. Apple TV mm. Plus. Uh, so so yeah, they're absolutely worth comparing. They're streaming services. I I, I would never pay for Apple TV Plus unless I. Get an iPhone, like great. When when they only have four episodes of TV, and yes, more coming, but no zero back catalog, none, none, and and no apparent plans for any, at least not that I've seen. It's just it's not worth my time. I would love to watch those. I think the morning show the looks morning very show intriguing, fantastic. I believe you. So I, I am interested in that one single show. Right. C is better than the morning. Yeah, show. Yeah, a lot of people are hammering the morning show too. Sure. Yeah. So I, regardless, it, it's problematic. But I we, really we're getting on a total tangent. I brought us there. My bad. Uh, so it's your fault, it sounds, Daniel. It, I'm, it glad you're, fault. I'm, I'm glad you're willing to admit that. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. That makes you're me fired. Feel so much better. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, it sounds like we're all pretty much on the same page with, with Disney Plus for the most part. Uh, so we're, we're going to kind of move into our first review of the evening. So we're going to go ahead and move into our, our first review of the evening. We're going to be reviewing Disney Plus's kind of flagship show, Star Wars The Mandalorian. They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? So Star Wars The Mandalorian, uh, like we said, is is just really one of the one of the shows that Disney has been pushing the hardest. They've got some Marvel shows coming up, but but this one has been clearly the one that they've they've been building up the most excitement for. Um, it's the first live action TV show in Star Wars in the Star Wars universe. 
and uh, it's created by John Favreau. We're just reviewing episode one. That's all that's currently available on Disney Plus. So we'll just have a quick conversation about it because obviously it's just the pilot episode. So there's there's a lot we don't know. But it stars Pedro Pascal as the title character of The Mandalorian, and this first episode was directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Let's start with April. What did you think of episode one of The Mandalorian? Um, it uh was fine. Uh, fine okay yeah i so i'm not the biggest star wars fan i like star wars i wouldn't say i love star wars and i didn't really know anything about the mandalorian other than it was star wars and it was disney and it was their big like pitch of disney plus cool so yeah i mean i thought it was well done it was some definitely interesting things happening not gonna give it away but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know that it caught my attention enough to want to see the next episode, honestly. Ooh. Ooh, ouch. So wh- yeah. why not? So what What about it doesn't make you want to continue? I honestly just think Disney killed Star Wars for me. I just, Ooh. I feel like they've overdone it. Like, I was really excited for The Force Awakens, and then they came up with all these, like, it was just like a yearly Star Wars movie. It was just too much. Like, the excitement for it just dwindled. Mm. I have spoken. Mm. Okay. That was the spoken. very best part of that. Of, uh, not the very best, but a really great part of this. I have spoken. Yeah. That was great. I literally great. wrote that in my notes. I was like, that'll be funny. The entire <laughs> nice. the entire time I kept thinking, I recognize this voice. Who is this oh voice? And then gosh. Nick Nolte. And I Nick was like, oh Nolte. my gosh, amazing. What a great cast. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting cast. You got Nick Nolte in there, but then you have random... Uh, Carl like, Weathers. Well, Carl Weathers, but you also have random comedians like Horatio Sands yeah. at the yeah, beginning. At the and, beginning. Uh, but in, anyway, very interesting cast. Uh, uh, Chad, let's go to you. What do you think of The Mandalorian? I'm more positive than April, although I'm definitely not on the train where I, I've seen online people are losing their minds over it, saying it's the amazing thing that's going to you know, be the next great dramatic star mm. wars story I, maybe it will be uh, i know it's an eight episode run this first first episode i think was about 45 minutes or something it's in 39. that range 39 39 short yeah so fairly short what i did like about it is uh, the production value is pretty outstanding is. Uh, especially yes. quote unquote for a television show 20 um, 20 million dollars an episode ladies and gentlemen 20 yeah yeah million yeah, and you can definitely see that on the screen, yeah. and that so that's very much appreciated. And that's probably my favorite piece of this first episode is the world building that they did. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to to kind of lay the groundwork for where we are, how these characters operate, to see things related to like the the bounty hunter guild, which is something that's been alluded to in the past, but now they kind of walk it out practically. It's interesting. The story itself, I think where it goes is enough to make me want to see the next one. And I think the the final scene, the entire last, I know we're trying to keep sequence. it generic, yeah, that last sequence, sequence yeah. was outstanding. Really outstanding. Was. They have a they have a, an android that I thought was phenomenally mm-hmm. cool. Just IG- everything about that was great. IG-11. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I so I'm in 100% not just because I do unlike April I do love Star Wars and I think The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi have been next level mm-hmm. Last Jedi masterpiece level. So I and I am more excited for Episode 9 than I've been for any movie and I can't even think how long that said i think this is does a good job of standing on its own i like the tone i like i'm intrigued by the character so yeah i'm in i but i'm not it's too early to be over the moon like some mm-hmm. people are i think they've got their fan glasses on and that's fine i think it's really good not great but hope that it will become great 
Tyler, if there's anything I can expect from you, it's that you you might have your fan glasses on. So tell me, what do you think of the Mandalorian? No, that, that's if this was a Star Wars show, uh, and you can tune it in is. to hear my you mean a Star on Trek that. show. Did I say Did I say Star Trek? Yeah, you set up the joke wrong, but that's okay. I came at this. I really, I think I came at this with just enjoyment. I really, I don't, I didn't sit and overanalyze. I really, I love Star Wars. I I thought that this was a wonderfully streamlined episode. It wasn't trying to do too much. Hmm. It, it wasn't trying to be a movie. It wasn't trying to. Yeah. Um, it was really a, it was a premise show, right? Hey, he's 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 a Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter. He's got a job, and he's he's on his way to do the job. He is not the next Luke Skywalker. He's not Boba Fett. He's he's kind of he's not Han Solo. Like he's he is. We don't have we don't know a lot about him. We don't we never see him with the mask off and stuff. But which I expect I, I predict right now that's the the last shot of the first season will be him taking his his helmet off. But we. Hey. Uh, I so I, I really like I, I would echo a lot what what uh, um, what Chad said. It, it was it was a really good world building episode that that gave us a some great visuals, some decent funny moments, some just hints at some backstory, and yeah, just a good a good premise. I, so I, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I I am not over the moon, but I also was in no way disappointed. I was like, great. This was you know you guys did a good job. The, the biggest thing is that I'm really excited about where it's going to go. We've got directors like uh, like Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika Waititi, and I, I didn't know he was going to direct this. I, didn't, I recognized his voice, but I didn't know he was going to be directing some. I believe he's directing the, the finale. And then Ludwig Gorenson is uh, doing the, mm-hmm. the music, which yeah. he's – it was great. So, For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to echo just a lot of what everybody else already said. The, the most obvious thing to say uh, about this show or about this pilot, but the, it's the most striking thing that I take away from it is it's gorgeous. I mean, it, it looks 100% like a movie with the exception of one or two shots. Um, I mean, this visually looks exactly like the Star Wars movies. It doesn't feel uh, yet. It doesn't feel cheapened, again, with the exception of there's one specific shot that I'm thinking of that looked that the visual effects were actually really bad on. Is it where they were on, uh, they were both, there was two of them riding animals? Yes. yes. That was yes. terrible. Yes. It was, that was awful. Terrible. But then the rest yeah. of it was great. It was, it was Those shots were definitely outliers. It was kind of, it was kind of weird because the whole rest of the show looks so good. So yeah, so it, it looks, it looks like a movie. It fits in with the series, which, which means it doesn't feel just visually doesn't feel cheaper uh, mm-hmm. than than the movies. It doesn't feel like this is the knockoff version, right? So so that's the, that's the most obvious thing about it. But it's really the biggest thing I take away because you know this is definitely you know it's a start. It's not it's not a complete thing yet. It's hard to have a fully fledged uh, passion for it, uh, even though some some people are there already. But but this is it's it's really good. It's it's a good start. It's very much a pilot. You know, there's world building, a lot of mystery, not really knowing what's going on. And uh and and it's what's interesting is there are pros and cons. Like the pacing of the show took a bit to get used to because it was so uh, almost slowly paced like there's not a lot going on right. uh, but that's because it's a tv show and we've only seen star wars as movies uh, well i've not i've not watched the, the animated series that they've had but uh but as far as the live action there's only been the movies right and so it's so differently paced because um, those movies 
you don't have the luxury of 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 wasting time and so so the episode's pretty slow moving but that's a good thing too it gives it gives them more space to tell a story so it's kind of pros and cons but uh there are there are some ways where it's very much a tv show you know in one of the opening scenes they have they just you know he he throws he throws this bounty down we know that he's there to 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 uh pick up this blue guy as the bounty and he throws the puck down and it shows this face we know everything that's going on we know he's picking this guy up for a bounty and the the blue guy says a bounty puck like like we need he needed to tell us that that's what that thing is called like it was just kind of it's like a little clunky but it's it's a it's a start it's a very good start i i am interested in seeing where it goes from here because uh, i really hope that they're able to to tell a wider story in the star wars universe and not touch on not not rehash the same stuff that we've seen in all these different movies i hope that they can tell a completely different story completely separate from the skywalkers tell us something from a completely different world all these different characters and and, uh if they continue in that direction instead of going back to skywalkers then i'm in uh i'm in i think it's a it's a strong start not bowled over exactly like tyler and chad said i'm not bowled over but uh but but i'm in so far chris did i forget to go to you sure did my bad Chris, Good move. What? Moving on. <laughs> I, I was about to ask you, um, can was I, that, I was like, was that intentional? Like, yeah. Maybe. Was it intentional that Maybe. you were like, I don't think Chris deserves to, to speak. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like what I should say is this, like you guys have pretty much hit the nail on in the head on everything that I agree with you that this is definitely kind of, I'm in the cautiously optimistic camp yeah. here. I'm not like over the moon about it, but I really did enjoy it. I think all of the pieces are there. Yeah. The thing that I would be most critical about of this um, entire pilot episode is that it was, the tone was kind of all over the place for mm. me. Like at the very beginning, it's kind of more comedic, right? He's, he's not speaking at all. And the, the blue guy played by Horatio Sands, Mithral is kind of very quippy and uh being yeah. funny and then he's all of a sudden jason Voorhees and he shows up right behind him and you know all kinds of like funny like interesting tones that they take i'm hoping that they get all that squared away for the series i'm sure that they will fall into their you know into their pace but for me the tone was just kind of weird because then it also gets very slapstick comedy in the middle and he's trying to learn to ride an animal um and it just it kind of it it felt a little like oh we're in that movie now and oh we're in that genre and but overall if they stick to this western in space genre kind of the ragtag uh very you know salts of the earth almost kind of they're just trying to get by if they they stay in that level of the universe i'm really excited what has me just slightly worried is they won't stay there is the very ending of this i was gonna say that is Um, not leaving them in oh we're doing our own thing and i'm not exactly sure i'm exactly i'm not i don't know if i'm excited about that i don't know if i'm excited that we're going to see that particular corner of the star wars universe again um i was kind of hoping that we would stay out of Mm -hmm what we've all known as being star Wars. Yeah. So anyway, that that's my overall thoughts, some toning pacing issues, but overall it looks like a million bucks, $20 million to be <laughs> exact. And it is, um, it's really worth seeing. There's no doubt. Yeah. You're already paying for Disney plus. So why not watch it? But yeah, I, I think only time will tell, but it's a good, it's a good first step. Not as good as it could have been, or maybe even should have been, but it's still enough to keep me intrigued. And like Chad said, that last 10-minute sequence yeah. was worth you know, the, yeah. the, the price of admission alone. 
well, there you have it. Those are our thoughts on The Mandalorian. Uh, we want to know what you think of that. We want to know if, if you're in yet or if you're optimistic or if you think it's the next, whatever, Game of Thrones. Uh, let us know what you think. And with that, we are going to move on to the first of our two movies we're reviewing tonight, Dr. Sleep. When I was a kid, there was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that live there. They come back. And that is from the trailer for the new film by Mike Flanagan, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is a, some would say, a sequel, uh, certainly maybe a, a spiritual sequel to the classic Kubrick film, The Shining. And it is getting outstanding reviews. Most people are really loving the film from a critical standpoint, but it made almost no money this weekend. So it was a very, sad. very disappointing. Oh. box office return of somewhere in the neighborhood I think of the, the weekend was around 14 or 15 million uh, which has a lot of people in Hollywood very concerned as they thought they were going to ride the Stephen King popularity train off of it into more cash the IMDB description reads years following the events of The Shining a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot who prey on children with powers to remain immortal uh, uh, it is worth noting that Mike Flanagan has done some really uh, good work in this genre. He did Gerald's Game. I don't remember if you guys saw Gerald's mm -hmm. Game in the Netflix special. He also did a, a Hidden Gem, which I only saw because Chris recommended it to me back when he used to see movies and be on the podcast, called <laughs> Hush. <laughs> this is a film that is fantastic. Have you guys seen Hush? So I know good. I great Chris has. I also saw so it because Chris good. made me watch it. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, really great. Now, I know, April, you're not a huge horror fan, so have you seen either Gerald's Game or Hush? I have not. Okay, so let me recommend Hush to Absolutely. you. Uh, it's okay. more thriller than horror, and it's, I think you... It's so funny you're saying this because I just recommended Hush to our co-host of... The geek card check too, because she's not a horror fan either. But yeah. it's it's a great, it's great, it's, it's a great so step. It's okay. great. Yeah, my wife is not a huge fan of. Well, actually, she's very much dislikes the horror genre, but she loved Hush as well. Is it on Netflix? So I want to. Yeah. It's on yes. Netflix, okay. yeah. So this is a director who comes in with um, with some juice behind him, who's done some really good work. It has an outstanding cast. Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, just to name a couple. Uh, so it seemed as if all the stars were aligning. Stephen King is a hot property right now, uh, well-made, critically received at a, at a fairly high level, but people just did not show up. So we're not going to jump into spoilers tonight. This is going to be kind of a mini-review so we can jump into Parasite and dig a little deeper. Before we jump into the review i do want to mention that april was unable to get out and see dr sleep so april you're not going to be joining us for this review i know you're super bummed about it because so you were bummed. very excited to see it right oh, yeah yeah i just couldn't wait <laughs> yeah, you can sense the sarcasm. She's not a huge fan of the old horror genre, but uh, we'll get we'll get her into one here pretty soon. But I saw um, it. That's you did. true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. And let me tell you, it is a. In my opinion, both of the it films are much scarier than this one. So let me just uh, let me just jump around and just ask you guys: Do you did you like this movie, Chris? I mean, what did what did you think about Doctor Sleep? My wife and I, Melody, who used to be on the podcast as well, is a huge <laughs> Stephen King fan, and. Uh, so I actually convinced her to see this with me at like a noon showing a couple days ago. 
and I, I I had not watched I had not looked any of the critics I didn't realize it was getting critical it was doing well critically so I was expecting it to be kind of at least enjoyable as a Stephen King fan we walked out of this movie blown away I really had a, an amazing time in this film I think it is it's great I don't even know how it's to say it other than that. I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into any other details other than that, but sure. Like for, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, I, I mean, we can go around if you're doing a round table discussion, but for me, like I was shocked at how well put together this movie was, how much care was given to not just the Stanley Kubrick original, but also the novel. And this is obviously a novel sequel Correct. to the novel, but also a yeah. sequel to the, the movie and 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 walking that line i think i mean gen- genuinely i think great performances um from everyone especially the little girl um yeah, i think she, she did great. really great um it is brutal i mean there are some sequences and scenes in this movie that are disturbing and horrifying um it doesn't pull its punches but it's actually a great I don't know. I just really, I had a great time. I guess maybe I wasn't expecting too much from it, but for me, I walked away kind of stunned at how, kind of how masterful I felt like this this movie was put together. I really liked it a lot. All right, so big recommendation yes. from Chris. Yes, Daniel. Uh, what about you? What did you think about Doctor Sleep? Not to, not to not to be a party pooper, but uh, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. I. I I was really mixed on it, to be honest. Um, I just, I, I was never really compelled by anything that was happening. I, I, I thought it was, you know, I'm not a Stephen King person. I've not, not read any of the books. And I'm not a massive sh- uh, fan of The Shining. I like it. I like The Shining uh, a, a lot, but, I, you know, I've not watched, I've only watched it probably two or three times. So so I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't have a lot of the history with with this world. I thought it was fine. I thought um, I thought it was well put together. I agree that the little girl does a great job in this movie. She's really, really excellent. But I was just, was never really, I, I didn't feel the st- Stakes as as highly. I just I just was never really bought into the story as a whole. I think um, I thought Rose the Hat was a phenomenal character. Rebecca Ferguson did a great job bringing her to life. I think that was a really intriguing, uh, b- both uh, like creepy and also just really really fascinating character. So I thought she was great. I, I didn't find the movie too too frightening. Um, I I thought the movie really relied very heavily on blasting the sound effects really loud just just blaring the the uh, the really? score at you as a, as opposed to really uh, making the situations truly terrifying i just i i got really tired of of the the blaring uh score um so so that that disappointed me but overall it's not it's not a bad movie I, you know i i just for me i was never really compelled to it so it ended up being kind of just just kind of middle of the road, kind of forgettable for me, but not not bad. And and maybe if you're more of a shining, more of a Stephen King fan, like like Chris and Melody, you know, m- maybe you'll enjoy it more than I did. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of Easter eggs uh, in yeah. this that that connect not just the the Shining in this film, but the Stephen King universe, if you will. But let's go to Tyler. Tyler, what did you think? Do you agree with your brother that this is just kind of middle of the road, or were you more negative or possibly more positive? I'm definitely more positive. Um, I am a huge Stephen King fan, and and just like kind of actually shocked by some of the great references, like again Easter egg re- references, but things that films haven't really kind of dared to do uh like just some some really deep like dark tower cuts which was which was kind of cool yeah. cause a wheel cause a wheel they said it i was like what and they then did. 19 he was yes they 19. did um yeah, so that they, was kind all of, cool. of that was lost on me 
Yeah, and and I don't think that added or detracted other than like, wow, that I kind of surprised that you guys just threw that in there when when that's usually pretty a deep. Well, cut. you you just know that you're kind of in hands of people who actually love the yes. material. That it's not 100%. just a. Yeah, sorry. Continue. No, no, a hundred percent. Like it, 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 you can feel that, and it's why I love Mike Flanagan. His only, well, anyway, um, you know, he does does something very similar with uh, with Haunting of Hill House. It's just a a loving, yep. uh, a lovingly made scary movie. My own, uh, really. I, so I would agree with Daniels, and so maybe it sounded like Chris didn't have the same um, the same viewing experience, and maybe it was just you know we had you know it was Dolby Atmos. It was really really a good theater. Daniel, and I saw that at Grauman's Chinese in in L. A. And or in Hollywood, and um, uh, they did. It seemed like relied on on sound much more than. Um, it's any, so weird. I did not feel that at all. I, I, I literally felt that, like, because it was so intense. It, it the, was really crazy. Things. Yeah. Hmm. I, so I don't think I, I don't think that's because they they didn't do the right things on the screen. I think that the sound just overwhelmed what they were doing um, at times instead of kind of letting the visuals do it. But uh, but all that to say, I um. I think Ewan McGregor did a great job. Uh, Kylie Curran, is that her name? Um, yeah, Kylie Curran. Yeah, as the girl. Abra did an amazing job. She was she was a revelation. I think in the film. I think that Carl Lumley as uh, as Dick Halloran was just really fun to see. I love him from uh, from Alias. But I, I also really liked. You know what's interesting about this the uh, the Shining. Uh, it was, what's interesting about Doctor Sleep is that it's a sequel to the book. Uh, the film and it's an adaptation of Dr. Sleep. And so, you know, Stephen King himself has, has famously just hated, hated, hated um, the original movie, the shining. And this sort of tries to bridge the gap from some of the things that he hated. Like, yeah, I don't want to go into to details, but, but he, I, I say, you know, kudos to him for really trying to bridge some of those gaps, whether it, it worked as successfully. I, I'm, um, that would be for maybe a deeper discussion, but, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie overall. It's it was it didn't blow my socks off, but I really enjoyed it. And especially, man, their production design of recreating um, the Overlook Hotel was was just amazing to me. I really loved that. Um, yeah, my only complaints maybe were the sound, and um, I I would say it's fifteen to twenty minutes too long. Mm-hmm. But um, but other than that, I really I really enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, I think I'm actually gonna fall. Somewhere in between Tyler and Chris, I don't, I can't go as far as Chris and say that I just loved it and was blown away, but I was certainly surprised yeah. at how much I did enjoy this film. Uh, I do agree that it is definitely 20 minutes too long there is no reason for this film to be as long as it is i do think the magic trick that's happening here from flanagan is that he believe it or not he actually makes some choices with his adaptation of the novel dr sleep that are much darker than the novel believe it or not yeah there are some sequences that are portrayed that are much more graphic there are some characters that are killed in the film that are not that survived the book so and from a story standpoint in the film it really works i love the characters of the true not as they are portrayed here mm-hmm. i mean rebecca ferguson she is she is such an interesting character so she is she is sultry and inviting and scary and terrifying and manipulative and loving and motherly like all in one package from scene to scene depending on who she's talking to and it's just it's just a unique kind of group that 
if you're not careful, can very easily roll into caricature and can be silly. And she somehow is able to to uh, portray that character in a way that is cool and uh, and effective. I do think the kids are great. I think Ewan McGregor is great in yeah. this. It's just a really... Stephen King for me, and I, I've been a huge fan of Stephen King for years and years. He has a very specific tone and a very specific point of view, and his film ad- adaptations often are unable to tap into that. And this is one of those that I think does. I think that the combination of having the source material of the book and the film The Shining gives this movie an advantage that a lot of other straight adaptations don't have because we have a natural reaction to being back in in the Overlook Hotel. The movie is smart about playing to its advantages in that way. I don't think it's scary. I do think it's, I would call it more disturbing than I would call it scary. I definitely think they play up the jump scares, but I'm going to actually agree with Chris here. I think maybe the sound was just so good and so loud that it impacted you guys more because I have a pretty sensitive antenna to the jump scare mechanic in horror genre. And while there were a couple of those for sure, I don't think it Oh, it was overly reliant on that. Mm-hmm. That said, I don't think it was very scary. I don't know that so there this, were any jump scares in this movie. I'm trying to think no, of there a are. single there one. No, there definitely are. There's, there's one like when he's walking down the hall into the overlook and this light turns on and it is so loud. It's like just pops on really loud. Um, I, but, I felt but like for us, it was throughout the entire movie. They were they were just hitting us with, with stings again. And again, I, I watched lots of horror movies, jump scares. I, I, I know usually when they're coming, this felt... It actually felt a little clunky. It felt like they were covering something up with. I think that. there's just something wrong with your theater maybe, sound, is what maybe. it sounds like. Because <laughs> yeah, that no. that was not. I, I I mean, I feel the same way. I feel like I would have realized if that yeah. was the mixing must have just been off in your screening or something. Yeah. Yeah, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, where I landed was I just. I, I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of this product, pleasantly yeah. surprised at the the performances overall, pleasantly surprised at the subtle, in some cases subtle and in some places overt changes that were made to the source material to make it a better movie instead of just being slavish to the source material in a way that would have hurt it as a film. I enjoyed spending time with the characters. I believed in the connection between Dan Torrance, you know, Ewan McGregor uh, and Kylie, the Aberstone character i cared about what happened to them i wanted them to survive and it was just interesting being in this universe i, I think it's shot really well too especially the stuff oh, uh the stuff in the 70s and 80s it's just really a, a cool movie and i'm just shocked that it is such a box office disaster i can't wrap my head around it ultimately uh it sounds like chris is the most positive i'm right behind him followed by tyler and then daniel who didn't like it quite as much this is very strange and and you guys i i don't think this is a, a spoiler um the I, I just was looking at the at the cast list and see if there's anybody else we should have mentioned other than jacob tremblay has a has a little mini that was so random which i didn't realize i didn't know that but um the guy who plays lloyd so lloyd makes a reappearance uh in this one from from the shining do you guys know who that was this just blew my socks off uh it's henry thomas who is elliot from et that was <laughs> Elliot. Oh yeah, just played him. Interesting. And very sorry. I, that's so random. I just I, I, how in the world is that a thing? But that's fine. It, it was cool. Very cool. Very cool. cool. All right. So Chris, <laughs> let's go back to you. And make our recommendations. Do you think people should see this in the theater? Should they pay money and rent it? Should they wait and stream it on a service they already pay for, or should they skip it altogether? 
I mean, it breaks my heart that it's not doing better in the theater. So I would say go see it. I wish that it would kind of have a resurgence. It's not going to. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It surprised the heck out of me. I think you should see it, especially if you're a fan of the genre or any of Stephen King stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's go to you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree that if you if you love Stephen King, you're probably going to love this. But I, I can only give my recommendation, which is uh, I think it's only fine. So I would say streaming uh, is worthwhile if you if you like The Shining. It's definitely worth a watch. It's not a bad movie, but uh, I, you know, there's a lot, a lot better movies in theaters right now. So I would say wait to stream this one. Okay, Tyler. Yeah, see it in the theaters, especially if you're a Stephen King fan. Absolutely. Yeah, no qualifiers for me. It's uh, theater worthy, in my opinion, even if you're not a Stephen King fan. There's some things that you won't get, but they're not uh, they're not critical to you, your enjoyment of the film. So I would say it's theater worthy. All right. So that's our recommendation for Dr. Sleep. And with that, now April is going to be rejoining us. And let's jump into our deep dive on Parasite. That wasn't in English, so I didn't know when the end was. Um, (laughs) So that was the trailer for Parasite, which on a podcast, you can't read subtitles. Okay, first of all, I just have to say this. I was told before I saw Parasite to go in as blind as possible and know nothing about it. So I did go in blind, and I would also recommend that as well. Now I got that out of the way, I will tell a plot summary. All unemployed, Keitaik and his family take peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks as they ingratiate themselves into their lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident. Uh, this was directed by Junho Bong, and he did uh, Snowpiercer, which was a great film. Yeah, so this is a Korean film with English subtitles, as you heard. Oh my gosh, I was so excited for this film. I have been waiting for months to see it, just from all the buzz it's been getting, and it finally came to my area, and I couldn't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to go to you guys, because I don't even know where to begin, but why don't you guys give me your just kind of general, spoiler-free thoughts on the film itself. Um, and then we'll we'll have to do a deep dive because there is so much to unpack in this film. So, um, Daniel, why don't we start with you? Yes, there is so, so much to talk yep. about with this movie. It's really hard to talk about it without going into spoilers yeah. because this movie just has so many surprises it's it's unlike anything i've seen in quite some time so i i've luckily been able to see this twice now so so which i think is really helpful uh getting to just kind of because there is so much that's surprising it's it's great to kind of see it once knowing where it's going and still and still knowing how how much the surprises hit you it is gripping it's so so funny it's intricate. the The humor is biting, and and it's always surprising. the The mm-hmm. way social commentary is layered in with a, a truly brilliant story, the way tension is balanced out perfectly between thriller and black comedy, the the amazing ensemble that never never stops being incredible throughout the whole whole movie. It's it's all phenomenal. This is one of the best movies of the year, and and one of the best surprises. I never knew what was going to happen ever, and that's not a that's not a that's not a spoiler to say that it's just the way the tone works in this film you you just really never know quite where it's going except the movie does an amazing job at letting you and making you think you know it even lets you get ahead of the story early on where you think okay i i get where this is going they did this now they're doing this i get it i get what the family's gonna do 
and then they completely turn directions and then they go in a whole different other way. So I, I really can't oversell how funny this movie is, but still being shocking and and really, really tense all at the same time. It's it's in a foreign language. This is a Korean film, as you heard in the trailer. And I know some Americans can have, you know, a, a thing against foreign language films. I, I've not seen that many either. This is my, only my uh, this is only my third uh, Bong Joon-ho movie, but uh, it is it's it's so accessible like this movie is so accessible i feel like even people who don't love foreign films or don't want to read their movies or whatever your excuse is this is such an accessible movie the story is so clear and works so well uh that yeah this this movie is just really amazing and i can't i I really do want to talk about it in spoilers because i haven't said anything about the plot and that's because I don't really want to. So, um, so yeah, I just, I really love this movie and, uh, and highly, highly recommend it. All right. Yes. Great review. There's, there's words. Um, Chad, what about you? I'm a massive fan of, of the director of Bong Joon-ho. I love, uh, not all of his previous work, but I love the host. Uh, I love snow piercer. Mm-hmm. I liked Okja didn't love it, yeah. but liked it. And so I was very, very excited about seeing uh, Parasite. I very much like you, April, knew nothing, literally nothing. Didn't know who was in it. Didn't know anything about the story. And that's a great way to experience films in general. But in particular with mm-hmm. this director, he's always interweaving social commentary into the themes of his film. He's also, he swings widely from tone to, to tone and varies genre within a scene. So this is a movie that's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. It is, you know, Daniel mentioned dark comedy as well as it's horror it's heist it's mm-hmm. i mean there's just a lot of genres that happen in here the performances i think are universally pretty great there are a lot of beautiful moments that are subtle that further story and that let you learn a lot about these characters and the things that they're going through without showing you the backstory and i really love films and performances in general that with just a look you gain empathy for what that character has been through and there are the father character i think in this in particular has has that uh look on his face that tells a million stories i've seen a lot of people i think this currently sits at 99 percent on rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. daniel will know more about it than me but there's tons of oscar talk Mm -hmm. including a potential best um, picture nomination and if i'm being completely honest i'm having a hard time getting there i really like this film but i don't understand the really hyperbolic praise i've seen tons of people call this a masterpiece certainly from a craft standpoint he uh, bong joon ho is a master filmmaker he moves his camera in a way that is always intentional and the blocking within his scenes is impeccable Uh, and he moves the camera a lot it'll it'll uh, dolly from one character over some furniture and there's another thing happening in a different place and there's a thing in the corner and then you know this beautiful blocking and structure he he's a master i don't however for me this didn't land in such a way that i just am just rapturous about it i need to see it again i think the part of the problem is that its messaging is extremely heavy-handed in one in some sense and then it's also very subtle in another and that will that varies from scene to scene there's a lot of metaphor in here that he reinforces with the camera with the physical setting of 
the where the people are in the scene the the set design literally reinforces a lot of these themes and so when we get into spoilers i'll I'll unpack that a little bit more about why it didn't work as well for me i think it's really good film masterfully made but i think that it didn't land for me as as strongly as it did for some but overall i highly recommend this film while not fully loving it okay so still pretty positive but not as positive Okay, Tyler, what did you think? Uh, I'm gonna use, I think, some of the words that Chad that Chad said. I, I maybe not hyperbolic, but I, um, I absolutely love this film. It's, I think, it's my my number two of the year so far. It is, I, I do think it's a masterpiece. I think it is. It's it is subtle in its message, and when he decides to hit you over the head with the message, he is deciding to do so. I don't think it's a misstep or a mistake to do it. Um, I it is a it's a comedy of errors. It's it's political. It's social commentary. It is yeah. It's hilarious. Um, there's not too much I can add to the conversation other than other than I just I, I did absolutely love it, and I would love to see it get. A best picture nomination um it would be and daniel you're i'm correcting this it would be the first foreign language film or sorry not, it would be the first korean film um to get that nomination um but no no foreign language film has ever won is that correct yeah no foreign language film has ever won best picture and uh to be clear no korean film has ever been nominated for any oscar oh, in right. any category including foreign language film and I, I think it's a lock for a nomination of at least something, if not maybe it's director or something. Uh, it is it is just astoundingly good. Um, it is the performances are are really excellent. It's an excellent ensemble. Um, there, are, I think there are some standout actors, but they don't stand out in such a way that they break the ensemble. Um, it's yeah, it's just an excellent film, and I, I really just want to talk about it in spoilers. So I'll uh, I'll be done. All right. Another great review. I don't really have much to add to it. I mean, it. I I loved it. I. Um, it's funny. Uh, we when my husband and I went and saw it, we got carded, which is the first time I've been carded for an R-rated film in years. It feels like. Um, and then every trailer beforehand was a horror film. I we, we were. I was so nervous because I knew nothing about it, and all I knew was people were saying it was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, is this a horror film? This, this better not be a horror film. But anyway, um, it definitely had horror-ish elements, but I, I, we don't need to talk about that here. But anyway, it was just funny because we were literally on edge for like everything. Because, <laughs> but yes, I, one thing that I just wanted to mention that is not spoiler-free is I thought the cinematography and the um, direction of some of the shots in this film were just outstanding uh no doubt said so much with just angles and uh uh, it was it was just so creative and ambitious and i have a a huge appreciation for just for what it did um yeah and i i don't i don't want to waste anyone's time because we should dive into spoilers so before we do let's just go ahead real quick and give our recommendations uh should i see it in theater should we uh rent it stream it or skip it daniel 100% 100% you should see it in theaters. Um, I think this is this will play so much better in a theater with an audience uh, than 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 just at home. I think it's it because of because of the way that this movie blends tones, um, the laughter and the tension that you can feel when a crowd of people is is really incredible. So yeah, I, I this definitely is theater worthy, no question. Okay, Chad. Yeah, definitely it's theater worthy. Absolutely, you should you should see it in the theater if you can. Awesome, Tyler. Yeah, same. And and really almost if if only for the practical reason of 
uh, if it's a foreign language film and you're not used to reading your movies, you know, like people say, you're going to tune out if it's at home. And so I think the theater experience is going to let you focus better. Yes, and, and I agree. And try to go in as blind as possible because it's more fun that way for sure. I, I knew nothing either, and I, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, let's just dive into spoilers then. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, so we are talking about Parasite. If you have not seen this film, what are you still doing here? Stop. Don't listen, because we are about to dive into spoilers, and this could ruin your viewing experience. So got that out of the way. Okay, Parasite. Oh, my gosh. Where do we even begin? One thing that I thought was just very interesting about this film, and I don't know if it's because it's a foreign language film, was just the story structure was just so different than what I'm used to. I feel like the first mm. two thirds of the movie felt like almost a different genre, and then it, and then when it flips, it flips real hard, real fast. Yeah, I just I, I thought that was very interesting. So there's a lot to unpack in Parasite. Obviously, a lot of political commentary, social commentary. Uh, deeper, subtle meanings. Sometimes, sometimes it's hitting you over the head with it. The main thing we should talk about first is just the huge twist and maybe just mm. dive right into it. You have the family. They've all kind of conned their way into working for this rich family uh, in different ways. And then the the previous maid comes back because she forgot something in the basement and um of course it's the huge twist that there's a person living down there and it's not just a person it's her husband which but at first i was really confused because did he have a a bottle of milk yeah he did so at first i was like is this like some weird like man baby thing but i don't know if that's just a korean thing i have no idea anyway what did you guys think about that did you see that coming at all Of course not. No, no. I mean, that was insane. And what I loved is up until that point in the movie, the question is kind of like, all right, how's this all going to fall apart, right? Like, that's what we're waiting on because this family, like you said, has conned their way in. But but they're legitimately doing the jobs, right? Like, yeah, they conned their way in, but they're just, at this point, working for the family and doing the actual jobs that that they're getting paid to do. So it's kind of like, all right, where's the con going to go from Mm -hmm. here? Because it's not like they're trying to rob the family or anything like that. And then she shows up and rings the door and... uh, you immediately know things are about to change. And I loved, I loved the way that happened. It was in this moment of peace for the family, an extended scene of peace of them just talking and laughing and, and dreaming about what it would be like for this to be their house and, and things like that. And then uh, she comes up and ruins it all. And honestly, when she started opening the door to the basement, oh I, yeah, I was like, what, what is even happening? There's honestly, yeah, at, at first, I, I, I did feel the way it sounds like Chad felt, is that it, it was like, all right, we're getting a little too crazy now. But mm-hmm. then once it all started to settle in, it, it, it as ridiculous and wild as the idea is, they made it actually all make a lot of sense to me. Like, I kind of understood 
step by step how everything happened. And so, uh, yeah, I really thought that twist was was very well handled. I liked it a lot. Yeah, when they first went down, uh, because one of the things that I really did enjoy about this movie, I had no idea what was happening. Mm -hmm. I had no clue where it was going next. Just because we've seen so many films, you kind of conjecture where you think it may go. And like Daniel mentioned, you may be just waiting for, you know, everything to fall apart. But how that was going to happen, I had no idea. And actually, when they went down in the basement for the first time, my initial reaction was that the wealthy family, the Park family, were somehow malicious in some way and had actually known that this family was conning them completely wrong, obviously. And so what happened in that confrontation was surprising and frustrating Mm -hmm. and just very good to very good experience. It speaks to what the central thesis of this film really is is about class struggle. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting with that specific scene is that, you know, this film and we talked what I mentioned earlier about a lot of it being kind of heavy handed is I don't think that this film is subtle at all thematically. I think there are moments of subtlety in character moments. But I mean, the we literally open with this family living below everybody else yeah. like everybody literally lives above them there's a guy who's always urinating on them the, the idea in this film is that these people will do anything to escape their circumstances and that unfortunately what we learn at the very very end and we can come back to it is that or at least as the director posits is that it's futile that they can't they cannot escape it but what i thought was interesting in this scene is that it shows that even the original um, housekeeper that everybody works for somebody right so it's not yeah. just the class struggle at the extremities it's not just the super wealthy and then what this family is but there's someone in between and so then you have this internal class struggle between these two working class families mm-hmm. it's very very much uh, interested in exploring the conflict in that and what people will do to try and better them their circumstances or just to survive and so that's a very noble and interesting theme to explore and what I did appreciate about this film because it's very popular these days from a social standpoint in films to just completely vilify anybody that is wealthy or rich or in power and what I did like about this is that it did not portray the Park family as just maniacal evil mm-hmm. people right now they're they have their problems but so do, so do all the characters in this yeah. movie uh, and so it lets you uh, get inside the viewpoint of all that are involved until it explodes. I think that the way that this all this whole thing is set up, um, I think is like we've said, is sort of masterful. The way that it begins with sort of this Ocean's Eleven like kind of way that they, you know, leech on to the family, uh, to the Park family, is so is so interesting to me. And then you know, all of that leads to yeah, everybody is a parasite on everybody else. And, and even that's Mm -hmm. what leads to the conflict between them and the, um, and the former maid is, is, well, they were there first. They were, they were leeching off of them first. Um, and, uh, and you're, you're not, you can't, you can't expose us for, for what we're, for what we're doing here. I, I think it's so, um, it's such an intricate, intricately plotted, such a, a well-constructed, well-constructed, plot and the characters are all subtle because they're not evil they're not the Mm -hmm. the, you know they're not trying to what i expected i really i was expecting okay they're gonna find a way to rip them off they're gonna they're gonna find a way to to truly steal all of their millions or or whatever they they actually 
like Daniel said, they they actually want to do the job. They now they get there by you know rather nefarious means, but um, but they don't. Yeah, they, it's it's almost like they're 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 trying to catch a break. Um, and I think this is all even accentuated by you know we they all. It's right after everything has fallen apart. The the dad and the his two sons or sorry his two children, um, the son and daughter are running away. They're running back to their house, and this extended sequence of them running down, 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 um, toward their, to their original house where they find has been flooded out, um, is such a, a, a well-constructed visual, uh, way of just saying, look how literally low in, in this society they are. They are at the very, very bottom. Their house is, is, is a flooded toilet. Essentially. Um, it's all sewer water is what's running through their house. They, so, um, it's it's such I don't know I just I think it is such a well put together um, it, uh, piece of cinema visually uh, everything is metaphorical in it but mm-hmm. not not pretentiously metaphorical it's 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 so hilarious uh, the comedy of errors when I think the other the other thing uh, that you guys were alluding to when the it's the brother the sister and the dad I think are hiding under the the coffee table mm-hmm. is is another mirroring of this thing they've been they've been shoved underneath once again by the family who arrives home early and the family who's talking about them behind their back or talking about the dad specifically behind his back and it leads into this comedy of errors of of people they're they're trying to slide you know army crawl away while people aren't looking at them uh or by, while people are looking away it's just Man, it's it's that out of sight, out of mind thing that even you know a lot of is is typical of a lot of um, you know your upstairs, downstairs, or your Downton Abbey um, sort of um, sort of visual filmmaking where that the upper class are going to do their own thing and they hope to they hope that the the lower class people will just kind of stay out of their way and slink away without being seen, but it's it's done without them knowing about it. It's just such a such a great piece of cinema, uh, cinematic construction. I love it. And I think it, for me, it was really interesting how, you know, from the beginning, the film's called Parasite. You obviously assume they're talking about Mm -hmm. this poor family as being the parasites. They're they're mooching off this rich family. They've conned their way in. It's not like it's inherently bad or evil necessarily, but they're definitely not doing good by this family. They're you know they're tricking them in some ways. And then as the film progresses. It, there's a there's a point where I think it flips and it's it's um, for me it was at the very end uh, when they're at the party and um, oh, yeah. Mr. Parks telling Mr. Kim this is part of your pay you're gonna be this Indian with me and you know you're being paid for this so this is right. your job today and it's 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 so when you realize on. that the the rich people have the power and and because they're giving these people money that they need, they can essentially ask them to do just about whatever they want. I mean, it's not a form of slavery, but in a sense, it's it's a, a way of of um, in, uh, invoking power over these people because mm-hmm. you have the money and they don't. And then you realize, no, it's the rich people that are the parasites because they're the ones uh, basically uh, mooching life from these people um, mm-hmm. and just... Uh, anyway, I, th- th- to me, the most powerful moment was um, right after they had the scene uh, where the son goes back down um, 
with the rock to kind of finish whatever he was going to do. And then the, the crazy thing happens and it cuts immediately to just the piece of the party that's upstairs and all these rich people and their really nice dresses and outfits. And there's just, it's like literally just awful murder, death, poor, poverty, the worst things that can happen are literally happening under their noses and they're completely mm-hmm. oblivious to it. Um, they're like singing and eat, literally eating cake, you know, yes. right, right above them. It's, yeah. Yes. And then also too, uh, you know, they, they lost their house with the, with the mm-hmm. rain and the flood and uh, Mr. Kim's driving um, Mrs. Park and she's saying how, what a blessing the rain was. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the rain came and just completely oblivious to... Uh, the needs of the same city that they all lived in. Yeah, I just, I thought it was crazy. So, uh, Chad, you said that you did not like the ending. What what about it specifically did you yeah, not like? So, I think that, you know, I agree with what everything that you and, and Tyler are saying while at the same time having a completely different reaction to it because I think all of those things are extremely on the nose. I mean, we're talking about the girl is sitting on a literal toilet that's overflowing with sewage, (laughs) you know, to represent what's happening in their life. There's a person that's being attacked and and, and not we we think that he's murdered, um, but who's being attacked and everything's bloody and disgusting and they're tied up in the basement. And then it cuts to a scene of everybody enjoying the party upstairs, which is, again, it's just so obvious. Right. It's not it's it's not that I disagree with what is being said. It's just that I think it for me, it just piles on one thing after the other. Even the the scene that Tyler referenced earlier where they're hiding underneath the table prior to that, prior to the family coming home, when we have the old housekeeper and them, you have this other message built in with all of them fighting each other to reach the phone right, right? it's all it's, it's it's all of these things that from an imagery standpoint are wonderful but from a story standpoint it's just like hey look at this this is what this means followed by hey look at this you know what this means and it's all kind of the same thing it's variations on a theme it just loses some of the impact because of course it's going to end in some kind of crazy, especially because if you're familiar with this director, you know there's going to be an outburst of violence in here somewhere. When it gets to the end and everybody's stabbing each other and all of that, and you know, the father looks at Mr. Park and he, which again is ridiculous in that moment that this man is lying, uh, the, the mom has fended off the attacker and then the guy leans down to get the keys to take his son to the hospital. And, and the fact that in that moment he would have this ridiculous look about how that person and smells is so ridiculous because they're just trying to make they're just trying to make the point so again i'm not negative on the film it's an excellent piece of film masterfully made i just i can't cross that bridge into this is one of the best films of the year it's a masterpiece i just like i like the messaging of a film to be more subtle i think a lot of people i'm not saying this is you but i think a lot of people are so enamored with the idea of what this message is saying that i feel like this film is getting lifted by the ideas that it shares as opposed to the the total picture that the film is for me yeah, um yeah i totally so, disagree so that's that that's where i am yeah i totally disagree i i, I think i think the film itself i i, I think it, it succeeds on its own merits i think it succeeds on this masterful story that it told that that was constantly surprising i i think it it uh, it it succeeds on on the the blending of tones that we've talked about this whole time i think I think it's I think it's just incredible how like I like I referenced in my in my spoiler free review 
you know, I, I, I felt like I started to get ahead of the movie at first, right? When the son has conned his way into the house and then, uh, and then he brings his, his, this other tutor, Jessica, his sister along, which, which, which is we haven't hilarious. even touched on how hilarious that whole so thing was. Funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the daughter of Sodan Park is so funny. Um, and she does an amazing job as Jessica. And, and so that whole scene, then I start to go, okay, I get it. I get it. Now the sister's in there. Now they're going to get the mom and the, and the dad in, and they're going to all mooch off this family. I get where this is going. And then, and then it just completely changes directions. And I think, I think just the storytelling alone mm-hmm. is really phenomenal. And yeah, I don't disagree that 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 the messaging is heavy-handed, but I I think I, I think it works so well at telling a great story that still makes sense it, that that it doesn't bother me when when the messaging gets heavy-handed because it, it's still just so deeply entertaining. And I agree. I think I think the one uh, one of the one of the few complaints that I have of this film, I, I think I agree with what you said, Chad. Him him recoiling in that whole climactic scene uh, di- didn't make sense it just didn't make sense in the moment at all and so uh so so that that it started to lose me just slightly but um i don't think that this is being overpraised for its for for agreeing with the message i think it's i think it's the 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 sum of its parts i think the whole thing comes together really really well for me and so that's why that's why i love it and that's why i think it's one of the best of the year yeah i, I for me i think Snowpiercer snow conveys the same message in a more impactful way mm-hmm. And I me. love Snowpiercer. Don't get me wrong. I love Snowpiercer. But yeah, I, I, do, I do think Parasite is better. I think what's interesting for me is I, uh, I feel like the first two thirds of the movie, you could almost argue moved at a kind of a slow pace because they all kind of con their way into the family. But that's pretty much it that happens. But I feel like the pacing of all the camera shots kept it moving so well because mm-hmm. we, we were like two thirds or three fourths of the way through and... I had no idea where it was going, and and it was just like, okay, I've I don't know what's happening. Uh, nothing's really happened so far. I mean, what we thought was going to happen has happened. They're all in, the, in working for this family now, and I have zero idea where it's going. And it was, I don't know. It was just it was just a really fun ride. I, I actually I did have if I had one con over in the whole film uh, I would be I'm curious if you guys felt the same way I feel like you could completely get rid of the rock like entirely and the film is the exact same thoughts yeah I mean I don't think it did a lot for me um, I, I, I like Chad said I get the, the, the stability metaphor and and he you know he kept saying uh, the son kept saying the whole time well this is so metaphorical um, and so it was <laughs> you know is telling us is telling us what was happening but um, I agree I don't think yeah I don't think I would miss uh, the, the rock if it was taken away I didn't know if there was some meaning that maybe I just didn't catch because you saw it I was, twice. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to take that as as there's a, a probably probably something cultural or symbolic yeah. that maybe we just weren't resonating with on that one. But but I I liked I loved that they kept saying that it was metaphorical. So I kind of took it. I was like, yep, it is it is metaphorical and it's a and it's a problem. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a thing that gave them it. Hey, it brought them all of the things that they were hoping for, but also with this cost. So yeah. For me, it not just symbolizes stability, but I do think at the beginning of the film, like they are saying, it's metaphorical. But by the end of the film, it's used as a literal weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the rock's journey, if you will, actually aligns thematically with everything. It feels like this um, feels like a uh, kind of cursed object 
that uh, has has made the journey, but it tells the it sort of mirrors the whole story of everybody. I think that's probably why it's in there too, is to add another layer. Yeah, uh, I was tr- I was just trying really hard to find something that I didn't like about the film, so that's a stretch. Well, haha! I guess you'll have to like everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I I I think the acting across the board was also just excellent. Um yeah. you know we we mentioned uh uh Kim Ki-jung uh who is uh, they call her Jessica throughout the film cuz I think that's but I think that's her her fake name. The daughter is just hilariously mm-hmm. she was I it was it was between her and the dad um Song Kang Ho I think is his name Song Kang Ho. He is they they both I think were the standouts of the ensemble but I never thought that they overbalanced the ensemble. They both did a great job and and the scene that Daniel was mentioning when uh when they when she cons her way into being the uh the art therapist and talks about the what is it the psychopath corner schizophrenic corner. I googled it. So <laughs> it was Yeah, that's great. It was such a good movie. And again, a good part of the movie where I, it was you do wonder their end game. I think that's why it's so good. You wonder what's the what's the point you are waiting for this other shoe to drop. And I and I did. I, I leaned over to Daniel. Daniel and I saw this movie together. Leaned over and I was like, Oh, okay, I get it. He's gonna there he's gonna get them all in there. Mm-hmm. And each one when they were brought in, I thought it was never a throwaway. It seemed it was it was nicely constructed how each member of the yeah. family got um, got to the positions that they were in, um, and gave them their moment of of you know, getting the red, getting ready for it or taking down like with the, the, the evil peach fuzz. Uh, oh, yes. As, as though it was like, you know, this horrible poison that they're, they're, they're attacking her with, which is, is terrible for her. But like they're, you know, they've got in, in a vial that they're sprinkling on her as though it's this, you know, assassination attempt. It's just, it, it's such a, it's such a good movie. And, and, and they acted it all so sincerely and so um, earnestly. And I just, yeah, the acting here, I really want to highlight from everybody. I, I it, was, it was so good. I also think we should highlight the writing in this because I feel like yes. they, they subtly set up all of the twist without yeah. you catching it. Like, oh, that woman eats for two. She worked mm-hmm. for yes. the last owner. Even the kid, oh, he had a seizure in first grade because he saw a ghost. And the now ghost. Ghost. You know, like oh. so many little things that yes. at the end it all came together. I It was, yeah, the writing was great. Well, even down to like somewhat defying some of the expectations, you know, the um, the friend who who turns the um, the brother on or the the son what's his name um, Kim Ki Woo is the son, but I, I can't find the the name of the the friend, but who, who basically says, oh, the the mom's an idiot. Uh, you can you can con her really easily. She's you know, so she was different than I expected. I, I guess I don't know what I expected. She's not. She's not like. I expected when we first see her, we're introduced to her. She's like asleep on the table in the backyard and the, and the maid Mm -hmm. yells at her. And so I was expecting this just drunken layabout mom maybe, but she, she's super naive. And I think even in that she plays her, she plays the mom so sincerely where she is, she is, she desperately is, she's crying at, you know, this, this horrible situation that her son is in or that her daughter needs these great test scores or, you know, all these things that she's, she is sincere in it, you know, um, where she's sincerely naive, but it's just the whole thing is played. Mm -hmm. It's played so well and so subtly. Yeah. It, it, it was all, it was all just great. Any, um, any final thoughts before we say farewell? Yeah, I wish I liked it as much as you guys did. <laughs> oh, Chad. I just, you know, 
It didn't move me like it appears to have moved you people. You people. <laughs> you people. Wow. You three people. That's right. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, that wraps up our very long double feature-ish, triple kind of. Um, be sure to tune in next week as we review Ford v. Ferrari and have a great week. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.